Hi everybody, welcome back to another week of Stuck in the Middle. Where we ain't young, but we ain't dead yet. That's right. Thank the Lord. And this is going to be our last episode of our summer crime series. Uh-huh. Because um, we're in the middle of September already, which is kind of crazy. Crazy. So I actually did my homework this week, Julie. I, and I'm kind of prepared for I, who I'm going to talk about this week. Listen, she's telling the truth because she sent me a text and told me she is prepared now, she doesn't have any handwritten I don't have any notes. <laughs> and and y'all know I do. They're right over here. But um, she's got it all up here. So we'll see. So I'm going to let her start. And um, like Tracy said, we just think this is our last for this summer's crime series. I've enjoyed it. I have too. And I tell you, um, I've actually learned a lot about different things yeah. and different um, crime sprees. And there's actually so many more I do want to talk about. So we will, we will. pick it up again because summer will be here again before you know it. Um, that's for sure. And who knows, we may create our own other excuse to have it even before summer and yeah. call it something else. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's been, um, I don't want to use the word enjoyable because that's just, especially after the last one with Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm sorry. I am still kind of giggling over um, just the whole story the way you were telling it. And well, again, okay. no disrespect to those poor victims, but, but listen, it was quite funny. Well, listen, Tracy and I watched it back just together this week. For You know, we do that on occasion. <laughs> and we... And we crack ourselves up, number one, y'all. Y'all, whether y'all like it or not, we, we like it. <laughs> we crack ourselves up. So even when we watched it, and Tracy was nervous and got all <laughs> laughing, and I had to seriously do an inner pep talk and get myself together. <laughs> that is funny because um, Tracy and I have enjoyed that. There are so many out there that we haven't even scratched the surface. Which on. I have to say, and I'm not going to talk about her today, but when I was doing my research for the crime I'm going to talk about today, or the serial killer mm -hmm. that I'm going to talk about today, um, I actually googled um, the most notorious serial killers in the state of Florida, oh, yeah. is how I came up with my list, and this lady was on it's the top... Woman. Yeah, 15. Mm -hmm. um, her last name, I want to say, was Hoyt or something like that. But the movie Monster is is done after based her. Based on her. That lady. And boy, was she a rough one, baby. And she was a rough one. And I one. went to that movie years ago with my friend and our older kids at the time who weren't very old. And we couldn't sit together because the movie was so crowded. I had no idea what movie I was walking into. Well, it was disgusting. But they all left and didn't tell me they were leaving. And I sat through this terrible by movie yourself? all by myself. And they had hotel out of there at the Regal in Royal Palm. And I think went to get pizza or something. And didn't tell me they'd left. And I... I mean, well, that I'm was sure they probably had cell phones, but mine was probably tucked away down deep in my purse. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm feeling guilty, like I need to go get my child out of this nasty movie. <laughs> well, Gina had already gotten him out. They all left me in there, and I was by myself. So I did see the movie, but anyway, her mm -hmm. name came up on the list yesterday. It has, and I've seen that, and... Yeah, there, there are just so many in... Which I, is sad that there's so many. I know, but what's really weird is... I, like you, like 
a lot of you out there, I love the ID channel. I love Dateline. I don't know what that says about me. Yeah, but same. I do like all of same. that. So we will go back and discuss it. But this will be our last one for right now until we decide to go back. But let me go ahead and talk about mine before I forget who I'm even here to talk about today. <laughs> because Jesus. I did not take any notes. But um, I am going to talk about the Danny... Um, Roland or Rollin, and he is known as being the Gainesville Ripper. And I don't know if you remember this back in the day because I do in 1990. Um, now that was the year after I got married. Actually, I knew a lot of people at that time that were still in college because I mean, you know what I'm saying, yeah, and um that went to school in Gainesville. Oh, yeah. And there were a couple, if I'm not mistaken in my memory, that actually did come back home from that first semester. It happened in August, right when all of the, you know, people are getting back to college. See, I don't and, remember this, and, so I'm okay, Well, and, and I'll get to the story, one of the double murders, because, okay, there were a total, Danny Rollins, okay, he was a transient person. He's from Shreveport, Louisiana. He was raised with a very um, abusive father. His father actually ended up being the lieutenant of the Shreveport, Louisiana Police Department. Mm -hmm. According to everything I researched online, and I even watched like an hour-long um, documentary mm -hmm. about it, he was abused very, very badly by his father as a kid to the point where mm -hmm. his father beat his dog so bad that he was holding his dog in his arms and his dog died because his dad was beating the dog so bad. And which goes back to Jeffrey Dahmer and many others when they abuse animals. But this was That's his father right, that I abused get it. him. I get and it, and again, I'm not giving this guy a hall pass by any stretch, mm -hmm. but he was raised in a very, very, very abusive home. Most of them are. Um, and of course, turned to different types of drugs, things like that, to help mask um, all of the pain that he went through. But he obviously was very, very, very warped, had many different mental um, diagnoses. So he ends up here in Florida and he was actually living in like a camper, right? For those of you, Gainesville is a very, um, there's a lot of forest around there, mm -hmm. Ocala, Gainesville area. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, area. It's a beautiful area. Mm -hmm. And he was living in a camper right near the school. Um, also his mother, um, you know, I think he had a lot of animosity even towards his mom. Bottom line, this guy got married, and then they even had a daughter together, I believe, but got divorced and kind of just floated out into thin air. Well, he comes to Florida, and every one of his victims, he murdered um, five people within a week. Oh, my God. He went on a spree. Uh, uh, within a, spree. In a week at the University of Florida. One was Santa Fe Community College, and the other four were um, University of Florida um, school attendees. But it was all within like a, a, a week time frame, a week or two, let's mm -hmm. just say. Um, but out of the five victims in Gainesville, one was a male, 
and that was kind of a fluke, and I'll talk oh, about that. Wow. But the other three all had the same thing in common. They were petite, dark hair, brown eyed girls. And so was his mom. I was going to say, and was so mom? was his ex wife, because she came on the stand. Um, during the trial, and she fit the exact mold. She's lucky she lived through it. Of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but it was so crazy to me because in watching this, Julie, a lot of the apartment complexes that this guy went to, like Gatorwood, I had friends that lived in Gatorwood when I went to school there so um, for the one year I was there. And so when they talk about the sliding glass doors, I remember those apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my really good friends lived there. I spent a lot of time at Gatorwood Apartments. So mm-hmm. it was one of the big apartment complexes right off of Archer Road, which is one of the main roads in oh, Gainesville. Yeah. Sure. But what he would do is he would seek out his um, victims, like find them at school, walking on campus, whatnot, and then he'd start following them to get their pattern. But mm-hmm. every case, I believe, he broke in through the sliding glass doors, and he proceeded to, um, you know, grab him, put him in the chokehold, and then every in every case he stabbed him multiple, multiple, multiple times. But it gets worse because with every one of the cases, I'm not sure about the the man and the the reason that the guy the guy was a roommate to one of his friends. They both were from Miami area. Mm-hmm. He was like 210 pounds, like six foot two. Who, the Three. guy that mm-hmm. did he was the a crime? Big, no, the, no guy, the, guy, the victim. The victim. Okay. He and his friend girl, because it truly wasn't his girlfriend, they right. both had boyfriends and girlfriends, but they were mm-hmm. raised as good friends down in Miami. They were roommates. She had literally just hung up the phone from her mom saying, Mom, you don't have to worry about me. You know I'm here with um, whatever his name was, mm-hmm. and and we're good. And sure enough, her roommate walked in the door, and she's like, I'll talk to you later, Mom. And he goes in and says, you know, we're good for the night. Don't worry. I'm going to my room, going to sleep. Sure enough, that guy, that, that night? Danny, broke in. Oh, and got gosh. him, and he fought his butt off trying to um, get away from him. He ended up overpowering him because he had a knife, and he stabbed oh, well, him multiple, sure. multiple times. Sure, right. Then the room, the girl goes in and sees it and screams, and it's like, oh, my God. She runs, and he grabs her and gets her. Um, <sighs> so it ended up being a total of four women and one man because the male roommate was there. But... Um, but with all the women, he would murder them, rape them after they were murdered, after, after the, uh-huh. and then he literally left them posed in very sexual positions. He, one girl, he cut from the pubic bone all the way up to the collarbone, oh but God. in all of the crime scene pictures, it would show them with their legs spread apart a pool of blood down by their private area and he would cut their nipples off and there would be blood coming from the breast area. In one case, not the one with the guy, he literally, actually he left, he thought he left his wallet. He did the same thing to her with the mutilation. Uh But he thought he left his wallet. He went back hours later and decided that that didn't look gruesome enough. He decapitated her head, 
and put it on a bookshelf and set a mirror up so whoever walked in the room would see it immediately like oh, and my they God. think they think he did that because this girl that he decapitated ironically worked as a side job with the Alachua County Sheriff's Department as like a dispatcher or something. They're thinking it's because of the vendetta that he had against his father mm-hmm. with the police. Because mm-hmm. the police, she missed her night shift. She worked from midnight to like five in the morning. She missed her shift. They sent out um, the police to do a wellness check. And sure enough, her bedroom was right there near the sliding glass doors that they saw broken. So the police were the first to find her. And her head was sitting up on the bookshelf. I mean, seriously, how can somebody, where their mind goes and how sick they are to do that is just, I can't even imagine. And the weird thing is, is that he actually would do these self-audio recordings and talk about it on these recordings, basically talking to his mother and father and literally saying, I've got to go now. I'm getting ready to go commit a crime or whatever. Okay, so let me, because I know I'm kind of taking up a lot of time with this. No, I want you to have But it was very interesting because if you look at this man, he is not a bad-looking man. He's very well-spoken. They always are, which is so bizarre. But just a couple of quick things. One, the reason he got caught is because he also would rob convenience stores and banks for just a little bit of money here and there. He got caught because one of the banks that he robbed with the money they had the the dye and it busted in his backpack out in the woods and the police caught him. But um, because of the robbery, not because of the murders. They found the audio recordings, then they found the screwdriver in his little bag of tools. So they it took them months, maybe even a year. They finally figured out the screwdriver is what pried open the um the, the sliding glass, the sliding glass doors. Mm-hmm. The knife was the knife that was used for the murders. They thought it was just the knife that he used to rob banks with, like to scare the teller. Um and there was a murder of a man and his daughter and his grandchild in Shreveport, Louisiana, that they were trying to pin on somebody else that it was an attorney, actually. They're a very nice man. So did they think it was him? So for years, everybody thought it was this attorney. And um, bottom line, it was this guy, Danny Rollins. And when he was on death row, this attorney reached out. Now he didn't go to jail. They did let him off, but it didn't clear his name to the point that he had to move away from Shreveport, Louisiana. This lawyer. The lawyer. Mm -hmm. And he lived in Atlanta. He wrote this Danny Rollins on death row and said, you only have a month left to live. Would you please let people know you did this crime? And do you know he did confess? And he 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 I'm did surprised. he did confess and say I did it. Um, please clear this man's name for whatever that's worth. But yeah, so that's what happened. So he got caught just because he literally robbed a convenience store and a bank. Um, I want to say that it was over in like Jacksonville area, the bank mm-hmm. that he robbed, and it took him a while. Oh, because when they initially arrested him for the bank robberies, 
they saw the video, the audio cassettes. They put them in evidence. They never listened to them. And something came Why about. They to them? I don't know, but something came that. about with the screwdriver and the knife. And they're like, you know what? Let's go get all of the evidence out of this locker. And that's when they heard him confessing on these audio tapes about doing all of these serial murders. So. Back in 1990, it was a big thing. I remember, God, I think I, I had a friend that, that literally physically reason. moved home from Gainesville because it was like a terrible crime spree that happened right when all these kids were moving oh. up for their, you know, the very first week or two of school. Think about being a parent. It's frightening enough when you your kids do go off to college and then when something like that or the yes. Ted Bundy or yes. the, the guy in Iowa recently, all of that. Oh my gosh. Which that's still on trial. Oh my trial. gosh, that's terrible. That's yeah. another one we'll discuss at a that's later horrible. time. But, but it's so scary. It's frightening. So my question is to you, so he just made the recordings to his mother and father. He didn't actually call them no. on the phone. No, it was just a tape recording. Mm -mm. No, correct. I mean, correct. No, people are sick. Yeah, people are and, sick. And, and it all went kind of full circle because of, like I say, with the police department and the abuse he suffered as a child mm -hmm. with his dad. Um, and his dad, I mean, I'm talking about really badly abused him as a kid, like really, really, Which really is bad. Which what mine's going to be about, too. So, yeah. So, I anyway, so, but he did die of lethal injection. He did? Here Good. in the state of Florida. Um, and so did that lady, by the way, the monster the lady. Monster. They Listen, both died of by lethal injection and in Florida. And I'm going to tell you, I can remember back in the day in the state of Florida when they died by... Uh, being electrocuted right oh, in the chair. I remember the prison in Beltway. They had a chair Ooh. there, oh, and gosh. Um, I can remember that. And did you see it? Actually, I for some reason think I did. I <laughs> did. You go on a field trip? I don't think it was a field trip. Well, what were you doing going to look I at the electric know. chair? Maybe it's all my mind. Shit, I don't know. But anyway. I do know that they used to do that, but I guess maybe now your parents they took do. you over and said, "If you do one more thing wrong, this is where your butt's going to be sitting." I don't think so. I don't know why, <laughs> unless I saw a documentary. But I do, I do remember that. Whenever wow. it made it a lasting impression in my brain, but um, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know, but. They don't do that now, right? They don't electrocute people I, I guess it's lethal injection. I think it's just the lethal injection. But thank God, thank God our state does that because I do believe that some people don't deserve to live. Yeah, yeah. They don't. Well, I don't know. I have to think about all that. I mean, yeah. Oh I, I, You know what? Absolutely. If somebody did something, yeah. Horrible to your children. children your oh my gosh. Yeah, no, yeah. Done. No, no. Done. See, I, I, don't, I don't have no, to. No, no, no. I agree. No, I agree. I'm kind of an eye for an eye kind of girl. I don't know. Well, I'm not going to tick you off then. All That's righty right. then. There you go. That's right. Because <laughs> I'm coming for Please follow. Yeah. So, I, listen. Maybe I could harm somebody if they harm my children or something. But like oh. I'm one that, my God, I don't want a bird outside to hurt. I just am tenderhearted when it comes to stuff like that. But 
I am a mama bear, and if you come for my no, absolutely, or my no, no, husband, no, yeah. I'm coming for you. No, absolutely, right? Or my grand, like my grandbaby yeah, or like something. You don't I could never even imagine. So no, if somebody just no. harmed somebody innocently like these people. They by all to means, die. and you know what? And and especially right. knowing that he truly confessed, so there was absolutely right. not. That's what I'm saying. When it's guilty beyond a shadow right. of a doubt, mm -hmm. my thing would be if there's still always that question out there if somebody never confessed you know what I'm saying then I would be reluctant because who would I be to be the one to say you know that's why I could never be on a jury mm -hmm. because I would be worrying about things like that all the time like you know I know you would be I would not be a good juror because I would always be the one that's like unless it was just blatant where they said I did it I did it I did it I would always be the one that's like there's still that you know reasonable doubt maybe we are opposites because I'm like, you walk in there, I'm just going to say <laughs> you're guilty. You're going to have to prove you're innocent to me. It, 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 it ain't the other way around. I, I don't, don't ever be on my jury. Yeah, no, black or white for me. I don't know. Okay, so moving on to me, I'm going to talk about the Menendez trial. Oh, yes, the brothers. The brothers, the famous trial uh, that happened out in California. Yes. And so I did. I watched a whole series um, on Netflix and it did, you know, it had like the movie and then I watched all of the um, the trial stuff about it mm -hmm. because that was always of interest to me. I think because it was one of the first trials out there that allowed cameras in the courtrooms mm -hmm. because for years, you know, cameramen and people couldn't go in there. That's why the press was always outside waiting. Yes. But that was one of the first trials that they actually allowed the cameras in the courtroom. And they were good-looking, handsome, young, wealthy yes, people. Again, wealthy that you people. in your brain think, how could they do this? Like, it, they didn't right. match what we always and, suspect. And can I tell you, and this is, goes back to me not having that gray area, and until I watch this and learn more about their life, I, along with all the folks out there watching the trial, made a judgment on what you saw. What and was that? What happened was they, every day, those boys, and this was from their attorneys, they would have them dressed, remember, very preppy. Yes. They wore these sweater vests. Yes. And it really came off of them looking, they looked like smug, rich boys. Okay. That were going after their parents' money, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that. I really did. And you saw a couple times, and this is over long trial periods, like one of their attorneys said something to them just to kind of relax one of them, ease them, because they did them at different times, you know, the brothers. <clears throat> and so he kind of laughed a little bit at what the lawyer said. It did not come across good to the viewers, such as myself. It kind of... People like they felt there, like they were aloof. They, they were aloof and they were making a joke out of it and that they thought these are rich, snobby little mm -hmm. boys that got by with murdering their parents. So, with that being said, mm -hmm. I do not feel that way anymore. Um, it went back into their father, who I believe was an immigrant, maybe from Cuba, I believe. And so he came over... Um, he 
you know, kind of made his own person and made his own person out there in Hollywood. And um, What did the dad do? Was he an he, attorney? He was like an attorney for entertainers, or he had something to do with, with that. the entertainment industry. Right, with entertainment industry. He made a lot of money. He was very prominent at what he did. They lived in a beautiful home. His wife was uh, beautiful. She loved him. However, he, what turned out to be, the father was very abusive. He sexually molested those boys for mm-hmm. many, many years when they were very young. Really? And the older of the two brothers, it had happened to him. He never said anything, and then it started happening to his younger brother. Um, those wow. boys and even the family members knew that something very evil. Did the wife know? Bad, I believe she did. Yes, I do. But I honestly, and this is just my opinion, uh-huh. once again, so when we say these things, it's just our opinion. Watch it and see how you feel for yourself. Right. But um, the wife definitely knew it was going on. She, um, I think, was basically scared of him herself. Mm-hmm. He just was a very mean, abusive person in private, behind doors. And like there, wow. some of the family members would come live there. Uh, they took um, a couple family members and another like cousins wing, or like cousins to come live there. And they knew something was wrong, but the mother forbidden them. They could never go upstairs to where the boys' bedrooms were. The father would get the younger one, take him upstairs. They could hear him cry and moan, and they were forbidden to go up there. There was a lot of physical, sexual abuse for many years. And then he was obsessed with them and the whole tennis scene and the tennis lessons. And they even interviewed the tennis coach that Mm. the father would sit at every one of those practices and it was so grueling what he put the the kids through or Mm -hmm. one in particular through um, that he... The coaches would even say, this is not good. They knew that... Like they need to rest or they need to stop. But it was abusive. I mean, it was they were abusive in every way. Wow. And then even one time, their uh, father, mother and father, chartered this fishing trip, which was very odd. And they interviewed the captain of this boat. And... um, they took them out to see it, and the mother really didn't want to come, but she came, and the captain of this fishing boat, um, the first mate couldn't come to help, so it was just them out. There was a very rough day. They shouldn't have gone out on the sea. The They made the mother go downstairs, and the boys sat there and talked. They really thought that they were going to lose their life. They really felt as if they, the father was going to kill, you know, the captain of the boat. They didn't think they were going to come back alive, but something went awry. They came back, and they knew something drastic had to happen. 
because the abuse was getting worse and worse. So the father, like, almost like made the captain go out against his own will. Um, no, that he even chartered him. He chartered him to go out, and I think the father was the boys. What they said in court was, I think that you know the plan was, or maybe the first mate came or something. But they couldn't just get rid of the boys and the captain and then the good father drive the boat back in, you know, because the boys felt like they were going to lose their life that day out there. Like that maybe he set it up for them to go overboard or something? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. The father was extremely abusive, you know. So, okay, so, where is the father now? What happened? To, oh, he's dead. He's dead. Well, sorry. Sorry, I forgot. Okay. Anyway, so he's not alive anymore. No, so the boys, they did make a plan. They did. How many years apart are they? Like two? Um, no, they're more than that apart. Okay. Because one was quite a bit older. And okay. he left and had a lot of guilt about what happened to his brother. Um, okay. But they did. They came in and they shot their mother and their father. They killed them both because they just really didn't feel that there was any coming back. They just didn't feel they could escape him because their father was very powerful, very. And so they did, they go in, they shot and murdered both their mother and their father. I just don't get the mother part. I mean, because other than that they resented her, I guess, because she put up with it. But Well, she allowed it. She allowed it, and she wouldn't help him. She didn't, you know, she, it was bad. It, it was just an abusive situation. And, and like a lot of these murders and all these serial killers and and these folks that commit these things, there's always, if not maybe always. A lot of the, it's always, always the abuse. It comes back to childhood, abuse. and I'm telling you, like and, these, yeah, a lot of it is so much of what happens when you're a child. And these boys, these, well, they're grown men now, but at the time, you know, I say boys because they were, you know. Um, they're our age now, about mid-50s? Yeah, I would, would say. Would you say, yeah, are they still in prison? Like, oh, they're in prison for life. Didn't some of them get married? One of them did. I don't know about the other one, and I can tell you this. So they, they killed their parents. They, you know, admitted to killing their parents. Um, you know, some people believe it was justified. Some people don't. I do understand that they're being punished for, you know, committing these murders. But I, they had no, I mean, they. They just, felt like they had no escape. They had no escape. And the father pretty much told them. You know, he wasn't letting them off the hook. Off the hook, you know, and so it. Wow. It was really a sad to me. It was a more sad situation because of all the mental, sexual, grueling abuse they went through, and um, just horrific abuse. And so here I thought they were just rich, smug boys trying to get their parents' inheritance, which. They did, and just what I found interesting is that the family members stood behind the boys. Because, you know, a lot they of knew. times, because they knew, they couldn't prove it because they were never allowed, and people just 
feared it, feared him, feared now. this man. And so the problem is, is that, you know, a lot of times in murder trials that are out there, um, you know, it divides families. Yes, it, for it sure. It's a major division in families when family yes. members don't feel it's justified or feel right. however they feel. But in this situation, those family members still, they go to see the, those men in prison. They go there. And this I found interesting, too. And, you know, I'll wrap it up from here. But that even they said is, you know, they were used to living a privileged life in a mm -hmm. prominent neighborhood and had yes. everything money could buy, but the abuse that they endured was unbearable. Wow. That living in prison was such a relief. How sad. Because they knew that every night they were not being sexually abused and tormented. Wow. And that they would rather live their life in prison and they didn't get the money, by the way, but living but, in life in prison than living life in hell with their father. I have a quick question, too, mm -hmm. really. How old were the kids when they did it? Um, I, for some reason, think that maybe they were, like, I don't know if they were 18s, early 20s. I don't exactly remember. I mean, they, the boys were older. They weren't, like, little so, children, but they had endured abuse. Like, I think the sexual abuse started when they were, like, six or eight years old. I guess my question, and I mean, I'm just asking, and I'm mm -hmm. sure, like, at that age, like, they could have already been away from the home. If you're 18, you're going off to college. Like, at that point, you could, I would think you should be able to get away from it enough to go to somebody and say, mm -hmm. look... This needs to be investigated well, about my dad and not be fearful that he could still do that to them well, because they weren't under his roof. Because of the position and the power his father held, there was nobody they felt they could go to. And the, the youngest one who endured the majority of the mm -hmm. abuse was so happy because when he was graduating from high school, he was accepted to these different colleges and he thought finally he could get away and his father told him no that he would be still living at home and going to college so he knew the abuse he could never get away mm. and it was after that that this happened the oh, murders wow. occurred so wow. it's still i it's one of those cases that did they have any other siblings sisters or anything mm -mm, mm -mm. it was just the two boys mm -hmm. and and this was the thing to me and this is why i brought this particular case up and the other cases that we've talked about like the casey anthony case being the first of social yes. media these this case being one of the first for the courtroom cameras the reason why i brought those two cases up is that what you see on camera or what you yes. see in social media or presented in the news isn't always the truth. It could be biased opinions because 
my opinions on both cases, but I'll just speak on this one right now because I'm talking about it. Because I saw them laugh because they always came in their little sweater vest and they yes. these little press. It just goes to show and, you. It just goes to show you that what you saw on TV and and I definitely I'm like they need to go to jail. They killed their but well they yes. did go to jail for killing them. But I, there was I, so much more to the story. There was so much more than what you or I as a viewer on TV saw and how the right. media portrayed it. And that was my whole reason to bring in right. both of those. Right. Very interesting, yes. And um, I would love to see, like, do, have they been interviewed recently or they anything? Because I would actually, really like to see that. Actually, I just looked it up before we came on air today yes. to uh, shoot this episode that I believe one has a book out and um, they have done just one or two um, jailhouse inter interviews. Mm -hmm. And so as grown men, and like you said, one of them did get married and I believe still is married. So, but he's still in jail. But yes, and will be in jail. But you know, there are women out there and men who like to marry these famous mm -hmm. criminals or folks that are out there. I don't... I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, there's like a, actually, they I, have a following. Well, I've heard that, you know, that there are a lot of women, and again, like you say, men too, I'm sure, that actually, mm -hmm. that's their goal, is to, like, they're, they're they, obsessed with that. They are, because they start writing letters. And I, maybe they and just letters. like to feel needed and stuff. Yes. And right? Are, yeah, I guess feel needed and or... Uh, are you know caught up in the sensationalism of it all? I want to be, a but no, because I mean no, because I'm I'm not even just like good-looking famous people from their crimes, but mm -hmm. even your run-of-the-mill prisoner, like mm -hmm. oh, that yeah, nobody knows or anything. Right. There's right. people like that, like I've heard them say that they have more game in jail. Than they do outside of jail, oh, yeah. like their popularity soars just because they're a prisoner, which is so bizarre to it's me. It's bizarre. There's a lot it's of very bizarre, there's right? There's a lot of different subject matters on prison that I do find extremely interesting, and um, I do. You know, we can get that would really be an interesting podcast. Well, that's too. a whole other thing, especially since I'm watching that show Suits. I'm telling you, if y'all haven't watched, lot. you need to watch it. But um, there's mm -hmm. one area of the show that somebody ends up in prison and just the dynamics of that. Right, exactly. So. And how things are ran in prison. And um, there's a lot that goes on that yeah folks don't realize and i do believe depending upon the crime it's once again it's my opinion only there do there does need to be for these prisoners that get out you need we need to be able to teach them a trade to make a living to get out there they hopefully do. not to be able to have to commit other crimes so the ones hopefully can have prison reform and they have out. they have all of that yeah there's well, tons of reform yeah there's a ton of i mean them. like mm -hmm. there's people that go in and come out 10 times better Art from with, an academic and they have college education and, and all of that are welding or different things you know 
Once again, it depends on the, but, but I also, the sentence there. Yeah, but yeah. I also know of a lot of people that get all of that, like they're able to get that, but then there's something that happens to them and they turn into just that mentality. I don't know what they call it, but of being in prison. And yes. like, even though like you can be reformed, mm -hmm. they almost don't know how to get out of the headspace of being in jail it's yeah. very strange there's a lot that goes on. does that make sense yes and i yeah there's i think that we have a it's podcast. like a whole nother world we have a podcast in the making anyway so, the, yes. the so yeah, making. yeah. yeah so anyway that's how i wanted to end mine on them and that um you know, I find it fascinating, and I'm sure we'll go back and do more at yes. another time. And guess what? Our daughter reminded us that it's time for another happy hour episode. So <laughs> we're going to go from doom and gloom prison sentences to talking a bunch of smack on our happy hour edition, which we are going to film next week. So it should I'm be fun. I'm excited about that, actually. So it'll be fun. But we do, we have our merchandise. We have our merch, uh, yes. Merch. And again, Claudia, Teresa, I've not forgotten y'all. I swear I'm bringing it to you. But we will be using our merch and enjoying it. Yes. So until next week, we hope everybody has a phenomenal week. And don't forget to like love share and care and always be nice kind kind be bye. kind people <laughs> bye till next week